0: You're listening to the Union Church Podcast. For more information about Union, please visit unionboston.org. The scripture has already been very ably read this morning, but just to situate myself, would that you would give me the liberty just to read very quickly from verse 1. The Lord is... I think that might be enough. <laughs> the Lord is. This morning, as we have time together, I want us to think from this thought a lever and a place to stand. A lever and a place to stand. The great mathematician and scientist Archimedes is attributed the quote. Give me a firm spot on which to stand, and with a lever, I shall move the world. Give me one firm spot, one place, that I can exist on the planet, and if with the lever, with the thing I have invented, I'll move the world. Scientists, philosophers, mathematicians, theologians, for years to come would think about the words that Archimedes said, Rene Descartes later would say of his discovery, Archimedes, that he might transport the entire globe from the place that it occupied to another, demanded only a point that was firm, a point that was immovable. So also I shall be entitled to entertain the highest expectations that if I am fortunate enough to discover only one thing, let it be certain and let it be indubitable. I believe that they might have borrowed from, or some borrowed from the other, but there's a psalm that says something similar. Give me one place, one place to stand, and one thing with which I can move the world. Archimedes had this way of observing the environment and trying to discover what the principle was behind what it was that was happening around him. He discovers this lever, this way of moving objects that cannot be lifted by human strength alone by the beauty of geometry and physics. You'll forgive me. You heard that I have a degree, I have a degree in chemistry, so I really enjoy math and physics and But Archimedes discovers that by way of creating something that exists outside of himself but that can be manipulated and used by himself, he could move things that he could not normally move on the strength of his own hands. So with the strength of his mind, he created something that could do something that his hands could not do. That even if he called a few friends together, they together could not do it. Even if they might have had, they did not have uh, motor engines at that point, so they couldn't find a truck to do it. They couldn't find a vehicle to move it. Uh, But with the strength of his mind, he said, I believe I can imagine something very simple that if you give me a point that I can stand on and a place to lay a lever Across. I believe I can wedge this thing underneath this load that I have to move and if I push down hard enough on it or I find enough force that the force I can create can overcome the force that is created by the load that I have to bear. And with just myself and the little lever I have in my hand, I believe I might just one day be able to move the world. I wish that there were more people Crazy enough to believe that with just themselves and one solid place to stand and maybe just a little something in their hand, that they too might be able to move the world. I believe that some of those people might be in this place this morning. So if you're here, if you're here, let me let me encourage your heart this morning that you have a place already. You have a place and it's discovered very simply in the scripture. For although Archimedes was referring to a mechanical theory, I believe that this lever is also a spiritual reality. And the the fulcrum point is your worship. But the place that you stand is found very simply in verse one. The Lord is. And Because the Lord is, you don't believe the Lord is. There's nothing else in those 14 verses really makes a difference. There's nothing I can say to convince you that any of the rest of this will have any value. So I start with the Lord is, because if, if you don't believe that part, none of the rest of this matters. If you don't believe that there is some power, some force that is able to be, that, that, that is able to be not, not captured, I don't wanna think about God in that way, not captured, not held onto, not manipulated, but that there is some force that desires to co-create with you a reality that can move the realities around you and the obstacles that you face. Something that that you can hold in your hand. Something that you can hold in your heart. Something that you can hold in your mind. That might tap into your strength. That might find itself uh, moving through the recesses of your heart. Something that might be able to give you some strength for the today and the days to come. Something that might that might get on the inside of you and cause your hands to clap. Or something that might get on the inside of you and cause your feet to dance. Or something that might get inside of you and cause your mouth to begin to say things you did not realize you had the capability to say, there there might be something. And that something might just hold within it the ability to to help you wedge yourself up under something you didn't think you could lift on your own. and, And by pushing down on your worship, and by pushing down on your relationship with God, and by standing firm in the spot that you have and, and taking your gifts and your talents and pushing them up under the load that the world has placed on your back or pushing, taking that, taking that thing and, and, and pushing it down underneath the, 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 the difficulties that we face in the community. Take, 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 taking that thing and pushing it down underneath what you're burdened down by. Maybe it's personal, maybe it's your finances, but God has put a gift inside of you that can wedge down underneath your problem and Help you who cannot do it in your own strength. Push down underneath your problem. And, and on the pivot point of your worship, you can push down on what it is that you need and, and push down on what it is that's going on and push down on on, on the uh, on what's inside of you push down on that thing that that power that that thing that's holding you together if you could just find the strength in your mind just find the strength in your imagination just find the strength in your creativity to push down on what God has put inside of you God put it inside of you for a reason God put it inside of you for a purpose and part of that purpose It's so that you can co-create with God that which you need to be able to move the loads in your life. I don't know if there's anybody else in here this morning looking at a load that you know is too big for your human hands, that you know is too big for your human power, that you know is too big for you to move even if you call some friends, even if you call your pastor, even if you call your doctor. There's some things in your life that are a little bit too big, a little bit too heavy, a little bit too strong, a little bit too powerful, a little bit too rough, a little bit too tough, a little bit too harsh for you to lift by yourself, but I believe that if I gave you a lever and God gave you a place to stand, you might just have something inside of you that'll make the world shake. I I believe that if you could just find what your lever is and learn how to push down on it, that God might just allow you to move some worlds around you. I I believe that if you could just find what it is and find where to stand, that you might just be able to move the world. But let's figure out how together we might do that. You must recognize first in this text that the psalmist asks us an implicit question. For David is looking at a very much fatal situation. He spent years running from King Saul and from Saul's people who were trying to kill David because of the uniqueness of his anointing. When he was a shepherd boy in the field, he was no threat to the king. And therefore, he need not be bothered. But when God started moving in David's life, and God put an anointing on David's life, and God called David out of the field and into the palace, he became a problem. Saul was trying to capture David and take care of his problem. But despite all of his best resources, despite all of his best plans, despite having the entirety of the resources of Israel at his hand, And at his command, he couldn't find David, couldn't do anything to David, couldn't kill David. He had employed all of his resources. And David, to my mind, is not simply afraid when he writes this psalm. He's not simply trying to cope with what it is that he's dealing with. But he has found a way to have joy. He's found a way to thrive. He has found what Archimedes calls one firm point. He's found a point. On which to stand and the beautiful thing about the point on which you stand being the ground of your being being God the beauty of that is that the point goes with you because the Lord is and because the Lord is your ground everywhere you go your ground is with you everywhere you go the one firm immovable unchangeable point is with you everywhere you go. Uh, another psalmist said, "If I make my bed in hell, there you are. If I ride on the wings of the morning, there you are there with me. Wherever I go, good or bad, happy or sad, mountain or valley, God is there." And so David says, "I have my point, and I have to figure out where my lever is. I don't. I have my point, Archimedes. I, I imagine them having some sort of conversation. have a place to stand. And I don't know still how to move this thing because there's somebody trying to come after me. There's somebody who wants to undo me. There's somebody who wants to take me out of here in a very real sense and for some of us I, I certainly would pray that it is not a very real physical sense in which somebody wants to take you out but I, I hate to break it to you but there are forces in this world and some of them act through human beings but there are forces in this world that desire to silence your voice. There are forces in this world that desire that you do not speak any longer. There are forces in this world that do not desire that you exercise the gifts and the talents and the callings that God has placed in your life. There are forces in this world that would want for reason of your race or your gender or your sexuality or, or any other number of characteristics that can be labeled about our human experience that would desire that you do not exist. And there are systems that, cre- that are created to make sure not necessarily that you do not physically exist, but that you do not have the metaphysical and the very real economic and social resources to be able to exist in the ways that you deserve to So there may not be somebody trying to come for your physical flesh and blood, but there is something that is trying to take all of us down by virtue of who God has created us to be. And David says, not I'm so sad, not I'm so scared, not I'm so worried. David says the Lord is. The Lord is. Is and because the Lord is my priority, because the Lord be- receives my petition, and because of my preoccupation, my desire is then to be free in relationship with God. Let me tell you the wonderful news about the ground that you stand on going with you. Because of David's running, because of his very real situation, David has not been able to worship in the ways that he has desired to. He has not been able to worship in the tradition in which he was raised because he could not get back to the temple. And so David says, the one thing that I desire to do is just to get back to you, God. I recognize that I've been running. I recognize that I've been fighting. I recognize that something has been bothering me. But the one thing that I want is not for them to stop bothering me. The one thing that I want is not for you to take them out before they can get to me. The one thing that I want is not for you to even deal with them. The one thing that I want is to live in your presence for the rest of my life. It is an an interesting and, and, and an almost strange request. But David shows us something very powerful about what it means to have a lever. He shows us something very powerful about what it means to have a lever because to have a lever is not only to be able to lift something you cannot lift, but it is to find balance. And David says, I recognize that whatever comes and whatever goes in my life, my balance will not be found in my bank account. My balance will not be found in my friend contact list. My balance will not be found in anything except your presence. My balance will be found in where my heart meets yours. My balance will be found when I get sense enough to stop running to all these other people around me and I figure out that I need to be in your face. My, my balance will be found... Not if you take the situation away from me. Not if you remove me from all of these people that are trying to do all of these things because the people and the things will always be there. My balance will be found in the middle of it as long as I'm in the middle of it with you. So David says, don't deliver me from that which threatens to undo me. Deliver me from the part of me that wants me not to be undone in your presence. One thing have I desired from you, and that will I seek after that I may dwell in your house. Behold your beauty and inquire in your temple. I don't need anything but to see you. I see them. I see them bothering me. I see them coming for me. I see them trying to take me out. But the only thing I need to see is you, God. It takes a kind of faith that I don't fully understand to, 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 to pray those types of prayers, but I'm trying to get there. Oh, yes. To pray those types of prayers, I can see the balance in my bank account. I can see the problems going on in my life. I can see and hear what the doctor said, but if I don't see anything else, I just need to see you. If you are here, then nothing else matters, and if you're not here, then nothing else matters matters. There are three things that I want you to le- learn and understand about how to use your lever, how to use your gifts, how to use the access that God has given you. There are three things that I need you to learn before I leave out of here, and then we're going to be done. The first thing is that you must know where you're standing. I told you that the Lord is, and that's, that's enough, but it's a good starting point. Uh, there's other things here. There's other, there's other things that we have to talk about. David says, the Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation. The Lord is the stronghold of my life. So David is not just saying that because the Lord is, that I, 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 can, I know where I'm standing. But because the Lord is three very particular things that I need to survive, I know where I'm standing. The Lord is my light, which means the Lord is my clarity of movement. There are two kinds of light that David might have been referring to because they didn't have LED lights. They didn't have light switches. Um, they had sunlight and they had fire. David says, I recognize that you are my light, which means not only that you are the sunshine of my life, that you, you know, not in a very sentimental kind of way that we could say to God, you are the sunshine of my life. Very literally, the sunshine brings heat and light and warmth, and it, and it, and it brings life to things that, does, that need light in order to live. Uh, but, but, but not only are you my sunshine, but you're my fire. Um, you, You are this thing that allows me to live even in dark places, that allows me to have what I need even when the sun goes out. You're so good to me that you provide a moon and some fire. You give me something to hold on to even when it's dark. And you give me this thing that I can keep with me, that I can cook with, that I can feed my body with, that I can feed myself with, that I can fend off things that would try to get me in the night. Things that go bump in the night don't tend to like fire. They don't like to be exposed to those types of things. But you give me something that has to be tended. You give me a kind of light that I can, I have to take care of. You give me a kind of light that I have to take care of because not only can it get out of control, but it can burn somebody. Um, You give me something on the inside of me that not only keeps me going, but it keeps me careful. Um, The gifts and the callings that God has placed on my life not only keep me moving and they keep me pushing and they they keep me mindful of the fact that there's something, some work for me to do, but they also keep me careful. They keep me humble. They keep me from doing too much because my mouth can do a lot sometimes, and so I, 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 I have to be careful about that which God has put inside of me because I recognize that what God gives me as a gift, God can also, allow, I, I can manipulate and it can be somebody else's curse. So I have to be Careful with with what gave me I, God gave me. I know where I'm standing because the Lord is not only my light, but the Lord is my salvation. Which means that the Lord is my access to my purpose. The Lord opens a way for me to be able to connect with those things that I need to be able to keep moving. The Lord is my light. The Lord is my salvation, and the Lord is the stronghold of my life. Which means wherever I go and whatever I do, the grace and the mercy of God is good enough, is wonderful enough, is great enough, is powerful enough that whatever it is that I encounter in my life, not only do I I have light when it's dark. Not only do I have access when they won't give it to me, I, but I also have uh, a protection when I can't do it for myself. Uh, when, I, when I get outside of God's covering, then I really get myself into trouble. So if you remember that the Lord is your stronghold, you'll remember that that means that there's a circumference in which you need to keep yourself, and that is in the presence of God. We must know where we're standing. We must know that we stand in a relationship so strong that it can continue to resonate when you get in unholy places. You have a relationship so holy and so wonderful that it can still resonate when you get in places that are not holy and not wonderful. You have a a, a position that follows you. You have a place to stand that will keep going with you. And the grace of God will never take you where the love of God cannot keep you. And so if you continue to walk where the grace of God is leading you to go, then you will never be out Outside of the love and the care and the concern of the God that moved you where it is yeah. so it takes me to my second point that you must always remember to calculate your givens. Uh, when you have, any anytime you have a mathematical or a physics problem you know that you're always given certain things. Uh, There's certain information in the math problem that you need to solve for the unknown uh, so you have an unknown that you must solve for but you're always going to have a certain amount of given information yeah. that you have in order to solve the problem. God does not give us unsolvable problems because God always gives us certain kinds of givens uh, and in this particular kind of given when you have a lever when you have gifts when you have something with which you must move the world the two things that you must always be aware of are force and distance uh, it gets very interesting when you get into different kinds of levers but you also must be uh, concerned about positionality because when you think about uh, children on a seesaw that's very different from a person trying to move a boulder Uh, But it's all about force and distance. So when you have, you're on one side of a situation and you're trying to do something with something on the other side of the situation, and you have your fulcrum point in the middle, your worship, your relationship with God is in the middle of your situation, then you are able to find balance at the pivot point. But there will be times in your life, there will be times, there's certain kinds of levers where the effort, the force that you have to create, the force that you have to push, has to get in the middle between the load and, and, and the actual pivot point. And this is where it gets difficult. This is where it gets interesting because it means that you are closer to your problem than God is. It means that you are closer to your problem. You feel closer to your problem than God is. It's hard to be between your problem and God. Yeah. It's hard to live that way. It's hard to live and exist where you are between your problem and your God. And as a matter of fact, in this kind of problem, you have to be farther away than the effort does. So, so, so I am... In a way of moving my in order to move my effort, I have to pull down on, the, on, on my lever to move my load that's on the other side from my God. So I have to be in the middle of the situation and pull down on the lever to move the load that's farther away from God than it is from me. There are another kind of levers where uh, you have to be. Uh, uh, again, that that, that God gets between you, that the the fulcrum is between the load and the effort, so that's more like the seesaw. But then you have to adjust the distance to get the balance that you're looking for. If your goal is to balance or your goal is to lift, there will be times, depending on the size of the load, that you have to get closer to it or you have to get farther away. You have to be able to judge the distance that you need to maintain in order to be successful at moving the load. And that is a difficult thing for many of us to do. It is difficult for many of us to figure out how far we need to be away from the problem to move it. Some of us get too far and the force we can create is too little to move the problem because we're too far away. And some of us stay too close. You have a problem. God's already told you. I gave you the distance you needed to keep to avoid this thing rolling over you when you move it. But you won't back up from it. You won't keep the distance you have to keep to be able to have the problem solved. For some of us, that load is a family member. Don't look at nobody if they are in here with you. For some of us, it's a friend. For some of us, it's some sort of personal pain. But there's a distance you have to maintain. There's a distance you have to keep. And when God shows you the distance, whether it's near or whether it's far, it is because the force that you can create is only appropriate to a certain distance. You can't make a certain level of force. You can't move a certain kind of load if you cannot maintain your distance. You've got to hold your position. I told you the spot would go with you wherever wherever you travel. But the problem with that is that the spot only determines where you need to stand. The spot only determines where you need to stand. It doesn't determine your attachment to the issue. So for some of us, the prayer point in this is to ask ourselves, what are we too distant from? What are we too close to? To be able to make the change we need to make. And the interesting thing in all of this is that then when David asks, when David says, there's one thing that I ask and it's just to be in your presence. The asking leads to elevation. David asks to be in God's presence and, God, and then David says, now God will lift me and hide me high upon a rock. And then my head will be lifted up. Which leads me to my last point. Which is that sometimes you have to remember That you need more force than you can create on your own. I told you God will give you a spot to stand. God will be your firm place to stand in the world. But there will be times where you cannot create the force by yourself that is needed to, to solve the problem that you have. There will be times in your life where you will need to call somebody. Where you will need to find a friend. Where you will need to dial a number. Where you will need somebody to come and be a help to you. There will be times where that is important. There will be times where that is necessary. There will be times where that is the only thing keeping you from falling headfirst into your problem is the people you can call. But what I encourage you to remember is that there is no part or no season of your life that is outside the reach of God's love. And so God will always send you what you need. If God has to add to your givens to be able to give you the force you need, if God has to, has to sometimes subtract Sometimes take distance. Sometimes take people away from you to give you the force that you need. You have to remember that sometimes you can't do it on your own. That there are times where you will feel like you're dying. There will times where you feel like you cannot go any farther. There will be times where you will not be able to take another step by yourself. And in that moment, what you must remember is the thing that David prays for, that his plea comes with a challenge to his God. And the challenge is this. God, remember who you have been to me. It's an amazing thing when when, when you can call God on God's stuff. And we think that God doesn't have stuff sometimes, but sometimes you have to call God and remind God who God already has been. That's really what we do when we get in here. That's what what we do when we come together. We're not calling just simply on on who God is anew and afresh. Sometimes all you need is a memory. God, remember who you were to me. Remember who you've been to me. And remember why you put me in the position you put me in. And when you remember it, God, then come get me. Then come see about me. Then come tell me what it is that I need to do. Seek your face, my heart says. My fate, Your face, Lord, will I seek, that I will go after what it is that you've put inside of me. But I'll only do that because I remember and I want you to remember, God, who you've been to me. If you, re- if you remember nothing else, I pray that you would remember who God has been to you. And when that memory hits your mind, that you would go into prayer and call God, call God on who God has been to you. Call God on the basis of what God has done for you. Call God on the basis of what you've seen God do in the lives of other people. Call God because the last thing that I have to leave you with is just the reminder in verse 13 that David says, I would have fainted unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living, which means that he recognizes that I'm not going to die in this place. I'm not going to die in this situation because God has put too much inside of my life. God has put too much on me. God has put too much in me. God has done too much through me me. And God is too good. Because the Lord is, I would have fainted, but I believed that I would see God's goodness. So God is light. God is salvation. God is a stronghold and God is good. God is light. God is a stronghold. God is salvation and God is good. I would have fainted unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Unless I believed that I didn't have to wait for golden streets in heaven, that I would see it right now. I believe that I will see the goodness of God. Right now, I believe that I can create the goodness of God right here. I believe that God will move in my life right where I am. I don't need another place. I don't need another move. I just need God to witness to me right here where I am, that I placed you in this place. I put a lever in your hand, and I do believe you might just be able to move the world. I put something in your your life. I put gifts in your hand. I put joy in your hand. I put love in your hand. I put peace in your hand. I put healing in your hand. I put salvation in your hand. And if you take what's in your hand, if you take what you're holding, I believe, too, that you will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. But you got to do one thing for me if you're going to see it. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing. You got to keep pushing because you can't move anything if you won't push for it. You got to say what you need until you see what you say. You got to say what you need until you see what you say. I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. And I'm going to keep saying it until I see it... I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I believe that I will see healing. I believe that I will see justice. I believe that I will see peace. I believe that I will see deliverance. I believe that I will see provision. I believe that I will see the goodness of God. In the land of the living I believe that I will see the goodness of God in my family the goodness of God on my job, the goodness of God in my ministry the goodness of God in my life the goodness of God even in my bank account I believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord while I'm still here while I still have time while I still got my joy While I still got my peace, I believe that I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. I believe. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information about Union Church, please visit unionboston.org.